This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Hugo came to me yesterday morning, my youngest son, for those who don't know, and he said to me, Dad, how old will you be tomorrow? (laughs) It's not my birthday, Hugo, it's Father's Day. He went, oh, so you're no older then. (laughs) Well, technically a day older, but all it did was bring me a little bit of excitement because it meant he'd written a card and I had a little present because that's what he thinks birthdays, you see, card and present. So I was a very happy dad. So uh, this morning I got uh, Haribo, of course, as you would expect. I got a magazine called Practical Classics. I feel like I may be drifting that way. A practical classic. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know what my wife was trying to tell me with that. But uh, yeah, it was nice to uh, open a few cards and... uh, and just enjoy, well, I, I believe today should be a day where we are spoiled gents, don't you? It really doesn't happen very often, so we, we have to take advantage of it while we can, I believe. But I do like a gift. Um, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be extravagant in any way, shape, or form. But really, it's just a little something to show that you've been thought of. Everybody else like that? Just a little something that says that you have been thought of. It can even be something that's found. It can be something that's been made. It doesn't matter. It's just that they've had you in mind. And there's a verse this morning which we've put on the snack tables um, out in the living room from James chapter 1 and 17. And I've had you turn to, to Luke, but let me just share this with you. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. What a verse. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. What a wonderful truth. Everything we have is because of him. Everything that we have is because of him. But James is pointing to the wonder of Scripture as you um, go through these verses and you see what he's looking at. He's pointing to the wonder of Scripture and the study of it to bring maturity to the Christian. And I guess as parents, if we have that joy and that privilege, or even those that are close by as parents bring up their children, our responsibility is to bring that child up to a place where they're mature. They can make their own decisions, God willing, the right decision. And they can bring themselves, you can help them bring themselves to a point where they know the difference between right and wrong. Things that are going to benefit them, things that aren't for their benefit. And it's all about maturity. And our Heavenly Father does exactly the same with us. That God has given us the manual to life. And he says, look, this is what you need to look at, and this is how you need to learn, and this is how you're going to grow, and this is what it is to be spiritually mature. And James unlocks those between chapter 1, verse 17 through 25. And the word of truth and life has stood the test of time. And we thank God for that. It's not 
changed. As the Bible says there, like shifting shadows, but it has stood the test of time. The Bible says as well in Hebrews 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? You're almost with me this morning. Come on. It's been an exciting morning. The air conditioning is now on, God willing. And uh, we're going to cool down rapidly, hopefully. (laughs) But heavenly lights and shifting shadows remind me, and you might be different, but remind me of the sun. The world sort of turns on its axis, clouds cover. We know all about that living on the British Isles, don't we? And, and, and sometimes we can't see the sun, and sometimes it's nighttime, so the sun is what seems to be nowhere to be seen. But the truth is that the sun is continuing to shine. It's permanent. And that's much like the love of God. Again, the word tells us in Psalm 136, if you've got time to read that psalm later on, read it, it says, His love endures forever. And it goes over and over again, repeating the words, His love endures forever. And I guess for me, the parable that shows that the very best is the prodigal son. And we get to see that in Luke chapter 15, which is why I took you there Um, And you've been resting patiently in Luke chapter 15. But the parable here in Luke chapter 15 regarding the prodigal son is right off the back of Jesus telling two other parables. And if you're into mathematics, which I am not, just thought I'd check. For me, it just doesn't add up. Sorry, I'm sorry. It wasn't in my notes for good reason. I just, it just came to me. I don't know. Anyway, just checking you're still with me. But if you have a look at the, the two parables that go just before this, you've got the lost sheep and then you've got the lost coin. And now we've got the prodigal son. We go from 100 to 1. We go then from 10 to 1. And now we've gone from 2 to 1. See, the Bible's telling us something. Jesus is telling us something, that he cares about the one. But we have to look, we have to listen, and we have to hear what the Word of God is telling us. He cares about the one. The lost sheep, the 99 are safe, one wanders off. What does he go and do? He goes and finds it. The lady with the coins in uh, Hugo's little Bible, the cat sat on the coin. Silly cat. Anyway, they find the coin, but she hunts high and low until she does find the coin because it's important. And here we have down to two uh, and the one wanders off, the prodigal son or the wasteful son. It says this in Luke 15, verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided up his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 
When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So his father got up and went, uh, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe. Put the ring on him and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You know, as you read through that, we've only seen two characters. There's a third one. But the main character of this parable is the forgiving father. The main parable is this father whose love is steadfast and sure. And it's constant, regardless of the weather. And when you consider the boy wishes his father dead, as we see in verse 12, He says, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Give me my inheritance now. If only you were dead. When you consider that, then he takes his inheritance and squanders it on wild living. You'd think that the father would react somewhat differently to what he does. Certainly, the older son thought he should have. But that's what we call self-righteousness. And that's for another time. But as I read through that, I can find myself thinking, why would the father, why would the dad be so nice? But it's even greater than that. Because as the young man comes to his senses, and some would argue it's his position in the world that's now caused him to look a little further, As the young boy comes to his senses, he finds himself in verse 17 and 19 realizing that he has done so much wrong. And he repents. He says, Father, I have sinned. Only eight other people in the entire of Scripture, or seven other people, sorry, in the entirety of Scripture say those words, Father, I have sinned. Some of them didn't mean it. Pharaoh being one of them. I'll let you go and have a look for the rest. He feels this boy right now because of the situation he's put himself in, the heartache and the pain that he will have put his father through, and now the fact that he's got nothing left, he's squandered it all, he realizes that he is in a mess, he realizes that he is unworthy to be considered a son. But rather, he knows that if he goes back to his father, his father may well accept him as a servant, somebody who can do the, the, the daily chores. He isn't asking to be considered as his son. He he's almost feels like he's spent that. It's done. And as he returns, something strikes you 
about what the word has recorded for us here and what Jesus says to those people around him as he gives this earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The son gets a surprise. You see, because we uh, can see from verse 20 that his father was looking out for him. His father was waiting for him. His father was desperate for him to return. So much so, he was looking for him. So much so, he was looking out on the horizon to see if the things should change and his son should return over the hill. Verse 20. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with anger. No. Was filled with disappointment. No. Was filled with hatred. No. Rather, he was filled with compassion for him. He loves his son. That hasn't changed. He was filled with compassion for him. And not only that, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You know, if that's not the gospel right there, I must be doing something wrong. Because right there is that you and I have taken ourselves off. Sin has separated us from a holy God. And should I get to a position, should you get to a position where you realize your sin as the Holy Spirit illuminates your heart, you can go, what am I doing? I've sinned. But nobody's going to want me. Think of the things I've done. I mean, just a day's worth, and I have no chance, surely. And the Bible says that while we were a long way off, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were a long way off, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take our place on the cross. The father ran out. He saw us in the distance and he stopped at nothing. And he came and he grabbed hold of us and he gave us the opportunity at life. Forgive me for my little Derbyshire bit there. <laughs> the Bible tells us then as the son is received, not as a servant. Not as a servant, but as the son he is. The robe is placed on him. The ring is put on his finger. This boy deserves nothing. Yet God has given him everything. His father has given him everything. Why? Well, because he loves him. And that love is what we mentioned at the beginning, the love that endures forever. And it's on display here, but it's on display in your life and mine. Because I was this boy. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not interested. And we go and we live as we've lived, and then by God's grace calls us back to a relationship with him and we have an opportunity to step into that not to be received as a servant but church greater than that 
we don't deserve the first bit. Yet he receives us as sons and daughters. Galatians 3 and verse 26. You are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you belong to Abraham's seed and are heirs according to the promise. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. That if we should say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life, please come into my heart and change me from the inside out. At that moment, I received the Holy Spirit and I am saved, redeemed, set free. And he receives me as his son. He receives you as his sons and his daughters. Why? Because he loves us. We have the greatest example of a father that knows no bounds. A father who loves beyond measure. And there's so many of our earthly, heart, earthly fathers who will never meet up to anywhere near this. And we have all perhaps had experiences. And forgive me because I don't know your experiences maybe. And I don't know the heartache and the pain that you've had to go through. I don't know what's happened in your life. But what I do know is this. That you have a heavenly father who loves you. A heavenly father who says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. A heavenly father who tells me that he loves you and his love endures forever. Not for a short time. Not for just those times when he'd not had a drink perhaps. But forever. We have a heavenly father who loves us. And he's given his best for you. He's given his best for me. But church, we have to accept and like the young man decided, it was time. You have to decide it is time. And believe me when I say this, God is waiting for you. Amen? He is waiting for you. Let's pray, and then we'll close and worship together. Lord, this morning we just want to praise you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Father, we understand that as we here before a holy God. We do not deserve this privilege. But by your grace, by your mercy, you've seen this possible. That through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can step from death to life. Father, I pray for each person in this place that, Lord God, if they don't yet know you as Lord and Savior, that your Holy Spirit would move and that lives this morning might be changed. Father, we want to bring you all the glory. We deserve nothing. But Father, you have given us the chance to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, we just praise you this morning. We lift your name high. And as we close together now, Lord God, as we sing, as we worship you, may you just bless us, Lord. May we know that we've met in the presence of a holy God. And may you bless us as we share together in some snacks and some drinks, Lord, that you would just help us to relax and to enjoy each other's company. And Father, that you would just take us home safely. Bless us now as we worship together. We ask this in Jesus' precious name.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.